The following contains copyrighted material that is protected under Section 107 of the United States Copyright Law, also known as Fair Use. In accordance with Title 17 USC, Section 107, the material is being used for purposes of education, commentary, criticism, and research. 12 Rules for Life and Antidote to Chaos is owned by Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, Norman Doidich, and Luminate Psychological Services Limited. All other related research is owned by their respective authors. Please support the official release. The future of Negro in this country is precisely as bright or as dark as the future of the country. This is why Frederick Douglass could say that emancipation for the Negro was freedom to hunger, freedom to the winds and rains of heaven, freedom without roofs to cover their heads. And this type of thinking also will bring an end to the brutality inflicted upon black people by white people. It is the only thing that will bring an end to it. So moving forward, there's another chapter, and I think you'll find this really interesting. I know you found this really interesting. It's a section, not a chapter, but a section of this chapter called All the Girls. <laughs> this, will probably, this will probably end up being a two-parter, two right? So All the Girls, right? Um, one of the things that uh, spo- uh, one of the things that caught my attention initially, right? And we'll just go down the line here. Um, Females let uh, still talking about you know the lobster hierarchy or whatever have you. Females let the hierarchy among men decide who the best men are in deciding who to mate with. Yep. That one simple sentence right there, it 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 it, it ha, dude, it is like it, it further illustrates to me the notion that when it comes to dating and with dating rituals, women are inherently lazy. Like and like KS says, wait at the finish line for the winner. Yeah, fuck the winners. For the renters, you know, yeah, right. So, like, um, when female lobsters are ready to mate, they shed their shells and become softer. This analogy isn't lost on on dudes who, considering the callous nature of women towards men, they deem unworthy, and how they act towards men they end up sleeping with. There's a different, there is a different attitude there. You know what I'm saying? And, um. When you when you when you when you see it, you understand you know the cal- the, the, the 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 whole shell thing. It's like okay, when you're ready, you'll remove your shell and you become uh, uh, what, what, uh, feminine at that point. But if you don't deem mm-hmm. the guy worthy, it, you're, you're a little harder. You know what I'm saying? They're a little harder. They're a little more callous. They're a little more abrasive. You know what I'm saying? It's it's really interesting to see. You know what I'm saying? And it's like to see that that is actually a truth that is passed on between two species really stuck out to me, right? So, um, oh, uh, and then he went on to say that uh, if properly charmed, the dominant male will change. I'm paraphrasing at the point. That will change his disposition towards the female because he has, because, uh, uh, you know, he has this bravado going about him. He has this... Uh, big hulking nature about him you know what i'm saying he might actually attack her or something um 
but uh and then he went he, he uh i skipped over a little few lines because um this was this was really important um this is the eternal beauty and the beast plot of the arch- archetypal romance yep even just yeah even innately they think that they can change a dude that is rough around the age edges not realizing that it's those rough edges that makes her want him him attractive in in the first first place and without it she would want no parts of him yep this for this further bolsters the point that a dominant man so to speak isn't exactly a sustainable mate for the long term but is in fact only suitable for the moment for offspring. Yep, that's it. That's it. That's all he's good and for. It. And, and and that's and, oh, and if that doesn't connect some like because he's on shit. to the next, because he's on to the next after he finishes. It's not even he's that on he's to the next. He's on to the next, but it's also now she has the offspring. Now I can raise that offspring by myself. Like, did you see? Did you catch the correlate? Like, did you connect the dots further after that? Like, as far as humans. Right, the way that the way that we're currently working. Yeah, because he said he said further in the in a couple of lines later. Again, I skipped over that part in my notes. Y'all need to go get the book. I will keep plugging the book. Uh, but I skipped over. But yeah, he's like uh, she hardens her shell again once she's with child. Yes, but that's oh, that wasn't that's for, either. But that wasn't for predators or anything. No, not let at me, all. Yes, let me let me take the back. Uh, not not yes. not for lobsters. Yes, uh, yeah, but, but I'm talking about I'm talking about for humans. She hardens her shell again because now she can do all that shit by herself. She needed the man just to reproduce. That's it. Who does that sound like? The independent woman. Real ones. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? They get they get the assholes and the dudes with the false bravado because that's what attracts them for the moment. Because biologically, subconsciously, attraction again. What well, does image deal would say? Attraction is not a choice. attraction is not a choice right so when you when you think about it like that it's like okay yeah of course they fucking them because mating wise biologically they would make good offspring but again that goes that goes to the whole thing about the the perception versus reality you're you're only interested because of the perceived masculinity there not the actual thing that it entails because what what the actual masculinity entails most women deems boring they don't want that oh, they don't dude. want predictable oh, they don't want responsible dude. they don't want dude, they don't most want women them. most women not until they get older want boring and it's only when they get older are they truly interested in the boring because they've been basically burned to be but again whose fault no. is that it is I, I I only only speak about what it is, man. I, I, I should, could, would, man. It is. <laughs> I will say I will That's say another another way to illustrate this point is um it was a point in uh, Alan's uh, or not Alan's um we need to talk. Uh, he did a video on uh, retention. There was a woman he was interviewing. She was t- mm-hmm. talking about retention, and she pointed something like this out. So, uh, we'll, we'll we'll link that video so y'all can check take a look at that. that but that also it highlights this very point. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's it, I just I just find it interesting that that's what it is. It is, it is what it is. You know what I mean? And, and and you wonder 
if you're ever trying to wonder see what we're uh, and to the audience what we're doing now in this new season i guess you can say well yeah let's just call it the new season this is the new season and what we're doing now is that we're exploring the why behind things we'll eventually get back around to trying to you know offer up solutions and what we can do to, to go forward but now we're just exploring the why behind certain things and so yeah you definitely take a look at um uh we need to talk and that's, and that's not the and that's not to, to glaze over that because that's very important because i feel like most of these channels are talking about surface level things not necessarily why things work they yeah, work exactly and men have to understand the why to fix anything you understand men are fixers by nature i mean that's you have to be obsessed do. with why you have to be obsessed with why. Why a thing works the way it yeah. works. That's the reason why the manosphere is taken off the way it is, man. Like, and I'm a firm believer in putting words and coming up with terms to what we're actually experiencing. Because before this, men weren't really, yeah, we was in barbershops, yeah, we was in bathroom, locker room, bullshitting with our boys, you know what I'm saying, out for drinks, whatever. We'd be talking shit. But it would just be like, ah, just venting almost. But it wasn't. Well, not even, not no... even that. It was more so ribbing and, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, bullshit. Well, yeah, but we it, didn't talk about nothing bullshit. real. We never talked about but anything real in a barbershop. But that's shop. what I'm saying. Whereas when you look at like feminism and like women and how academia has had these fucking toxic masculinity, bro. Really? <laughs> like they come up with these fucking terms but they give them definitions and it enters the zeitgeist like, oh, everybody's using it. Everybody knows what the fuck it is now. But men haven't really been doing that very well. And that's why I appreciated Kevin Samuels when he came up with fucking dime. Sign he language. Came up with fucking sign language. Oh, that like, really helps. That like, was really Bro, helps. sign language, like I don't give a fuck. What race? I don't give a fuck almost what age, bro. If you are a teenage boy that has had any contact with the opposite gender. You understand? You've run into sign language. Mm -hmm. You have experience. You have run into sign language. Shame, insult, guilt, and the need to be right. You have run into that shit. When he, I remember the broadcast that he first said that shit. I was like, wrote it down. Oh yeah, this wrote it down. Oh yeah, this thing is on the song. Hold on now. Hold on. We have a list of all the acronyms. Somebody took the time to write it down. And I saved the coffee. I saved the coffee. Something so simple, but now it's out there. Most men, when you say silent, they know what the fuck you mean. Mm -hmm. They know exactly what you mean. It's in the zeitgeist. You're like, yo, now we got a term. Now we know, like, yo, when we look at each other, we say sign language, we know what each other means. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, even now, like, I know, I know based off that, like, I'm a Henry. Bro, Henry, high earn, not rich yet. Bro. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Stuff like bro. that. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you. And that's just, it took somebody like that to do that, bro. Like, real talk. You know what I'm saying? So, not to get off the subject, but yes, I think men really need to start cataloging and writing down, we need to come up almost like a curriculum. How there's, that's why I appreciate Dr. Tia San Johnson, right? He's uh, African male studies. Mm -hmm. Like he he catalogs all this shit, man. Writing all this shit down, man. Coming up with terms, 
come up with a curriculum. You know what I'm saying? Like I was completely floored with his broadcast talking about fucking his classroom demographics and how those have changed over the years and shit. Like, bro, there's a video he did a while back. I have to, I have yet to watch it, but I was just like, man, come on. Come on, Dr. Johnson, don't don't do that to me. Don't don't do it to me. So far, I just got no. no what he did, what he said, the 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 title of the video is like uh, Black Panther and how people um, uh, profit off of black men's uh, like death. Oh yeah, I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to watch it. that one. I don't want to watch it yet. I want to watch it after the after the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. Real talk. That was actually a good podcast. He's- Last week, yeah, one can, uh, it was, he posed a question. He said, uh, can men be victims of, uh, what did he call it? He had a term. It was, can male be paternity grade? Yes. We know this, though. That's what it was called. But the way he defined, but the fact, who uses that term, though? Well, I mean, it's been making the rounds. It's, it's, it's slowly and steadily becoming uh, popular. Like if you're in this yeah. space, like if you're in this space, you know what it is. Like you know what I'm saying. Like I know paternity fraud, but paternity great, oh, bro. Yes. yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, well, good. I'm glad. Consider, good I mean, on considering, y'all. Considering what great is, like if you you know put the put the put the tube together, like yeah, that's a valid term. There you go. Now you can have, now you have it. Oh, <laughs> oh shit, I'm saving this. Now you have it. <laughs> yes! Yes! And save image. Thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I just shared with Cam uh, the KSG sheet. So now he has all the acronyms KS has ever come up with. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, like I knew both of these, but like the Blake Henry, oh, that's yeah. perfect, bro. That's for Bradley, a man, Keith Enrique. <laughs> I'm done. Oh wait, I'm no, done, no, I'm not bro. a Henry. I'm not a Henry. I'm a hit. I'm a hit squad. Hit squad. He's got Henry's in training. Yeah. Oh that's, man, that's what I am. Nah, I know who the hit squad is. Okay. <laughs> Bold, ambitious, generous. Yep, yep. Real talk. Real talk. I remember that broadcast. Oh, did you got dime on here? I'm telling you, you got dime on. Uh, here. Right. Nope. Time is I don't see it. Huh. We need to put dime on that. Yeah, we need to keep building this then. This is incomplete. But anyway, <laughs> um, moving on. Because <laughs> we kind of got off topic. But moving on. Um, going back to the whole uh, uh, thing about, you know, um, the difference between uh, winners and losers and lobsters. But, you know what I'm saying? The analogy is obviously in people. Uh, one of the things that uh, he was talking about is, and we're gonna come back to this because it was something that really troubled me for a minute. And I'll tell y'all when we get to it, but it was talking about low serotonin, low serotonin levels means decreased confidence, but it also means less happiness, more pain slash anxiety, more illness, a shorter lifespan. And that that shorter lifespan, dude, like like I said, we'll get back to it. And uh, for me, it is evidence that further proves that focusing on improving oneself should be a man's upward, utmost pr- priority. That should be your primary focus. Hell, it's even biblical. And I think I said this before. It's even biblical. Eve didn't show up until Adam was doing what God told him to do. 
He was fulfilling what God mandated for him to do before Eve ever even showed up. It's about doing what you were meant to do first. Then she I'm not a very listen, I'm not a very religious man, but some of the parables, bro, some of some of the lessons in religion, bro. That that one is fucking potent. You hear me? Having your purpose, knowing your direction, your heading prior to even messing with women, bro. Because women are a distraction (laughs) by nature. You understand me? A whole ass distraction. And if you are not careful, they will drive you away from your purpose. And in turn, this is the fucking, this is the catch-22 evil Knievel, Alakazam, Houdini shit that don't make no damn sense. They fall in love with you because you got a purpose. They'll, their nature is to pull, to attempt to pull you away from your purpose. If they succeed, they will lose attraction for you. Which is all the more reasons why you should know your square and stand on it. Hey, it's the most random shit. Like, I, I almost feel like women, it's a cruel joke, right? <laughs> it's a cruel joke. Women Look, were put there for wait, men. Wait, 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 wait. To stumble, nigga. <laughs> What was it? What was it? uh, The devil's advocate. Look, but don't touch. Touch, (laughs) don't taste. Taste, don't swallow. (laughs) Yo, yo, yo. What Al was great in that freaking movie, man. It was so good. Bro, dead ass. If that ain't the. (laughs) You can't make that shit up, man. You cannot make that shit up, dude. Like, Man, the moment you fall off your square, she gone. Yeah, she gone. But like, uh, so so like the 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 whole shorter lifespan thing, you know, right? Uh, this is this is what really caught my eye, right? Because it, it, like I said, it was very concerning to me, because according to Statista.com, this is where I got these stats from. The average lifespan for men it, as of 2019 was 76 years old. 76.3 to be exact but you know we're rounding around here whole numbers only 76 percent, right or 76 years old right in a published study in 2016 in the national library of medicine right the average life life expectancy of black men was 72 years old yep in uh black women is 78.2 years old just in case you were wondering right and this is and this is only of natural causes you know what i'm saying like a natural life expectancy this isn't even including mm-hmm. um you know uh drug overdose obesity any of these you know other things that contribute to our death rates our high mortality rates so um by our 20s we're expected to be dead or incarcerated so my question then becomes how much shorter is that lifespan for somebody who has low ser- serotonin levels between the ages of 20 and 72. That is a result of a defeatist mentality. Is it 50, 60? You, you see what I'm saying? That That's alarming. Oh, and it's it. like, you know, I'm 36 now. So statistically speaking, am I gonna die soon? You know what I'm saying? Like uh, the price principle, the price principle or the Matthew principle, right? Um, it, it doesn't exclude one's life as something that it can also be taken away for so for from somebody who has so little yep it's like everything you have you know what i'm saying like everything you have as as 
you know, they rate the top and bottom, uh, the, uh, one rating from one to 10, you know, we all rate things one to 10, right? If you're in, uh, if you're one, you're a winner, that whole ilk and the lower the level, the lower the number or the higher the number, the lower the level, right? So you're, if you're 10, then you're at the bottom barrel. I would consider that like homeless, you know what I'm saying? So like, so if you're in the bottom three, you know what I'm saying? Uh, below the poverty line, I would guess, right? Below the poverty line. Um, then that means those serotonin levels have got to be really low. So that also means that your life expectancy is also lower. But we already know this though. We already, we already, <clears throat> so social science has already figured this out. It's the, there's a reason why poor people have higher birth rates than rich people. Yes, yes. Because sex is an outlet. It's, it's one of the few quote unquote free outlets that you could actually get that dopamine in. Exactly. Get pleasure. Which but that's the reason why that's the reason why poor people reproduce so goddamn. And I love how how organic this is going because that also goes into the next chapter where he talks about, you know, money how money uh, will make you liable to the temptation of drugs and alcohol. I would also include sex into that argument. Yes, um, I would definitely more, definitely include sex, man. which are much more rewarding if you've been deprived of pleasure for too long, right? Uh, I used to be here's a here's here's a, a, a another transparent blurb here. I used to be hypercritical of black people, right? This is this is when I was still trying to figure out, you know, um, um, where I fit in our culture, right? And mm -hmm. I used to be very hypercritical, especially of people my age who always went out to clubs every weekend seemingly seemingly to uh to celebrate uh and i would always question why again you have to be obsessed with the why right and just to figure out how to solve the problem you have to be obsessed with the why right so because we don't really have we never really had anything to celebrate from my perspective right we were constantly being mocked our culture was being monetized but we weren't reaping any of the benefits uh, and above all else, we, we seem to have dropped the ball on our civil rights fight and, and to move the needle forward for the next generation to take up the fight and so on and so forth, right? But then that was when I realized that, you know, this is what it means when the fight is beat out of you. This is what it looks like. It's an overindulgent in sex, drugs, and partying in an attempt to feel good about anything. When you're at the lowest level and you have low serotonin running through you, you feel shitty all the time. So of course you're gonna run to the nearest vice that you can get your hands on to ensure that you get a little hip, hit of dopamine. So I would argue that the drug isn't necessarily the, 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 the crack cocaine, the marijuana or whatever, right? That people are addicted to. It's the, it's the dopamine high that they're looking for. Pleasure is the drug. Well, I mean, it's the same thing, right? The pleasure, same pleasure. Thing, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say pleasure. <clears throat> yeah, it's just like chase. chemically. Anything, anything to make them feel good. Like Dorothy Dangerous, you fucking Holly, Holly Berry. Good, make me feel good. good. Make me feel good. I hate Madison Square Highlight Baby for that. He really messed that that scene up. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and then you know. um Jordan Peterson continues. He says that the ancient part of your brain uh, specialized for assessing dominance 
watches how you're treated by others on that evidence it renders a determination of your value and assigns your status now this is just one thing this is a series of questions that i had regarding this because you know some stuff i do have trouble wrapping my mind with those out there who are listening like there should never be a moment where you completely 100 agree with anybody with anything that they say you know what i'm saying like if you don't have questions then you're doing it wrong right and one of the things i i questioned about this is like is status an internal or external thing created by society you know what i'm saying so his use of status here was kind of weird to me you know what i'm saying because internal internal i can understand if he means it in terms of survival i get that if that's what he meant but he didn't clarify this per se right so so basically what he's talking about i can can give you a perfect analogy the way basically what he's saying is that how you're perceived in your in your neighborhood in your culture in your family how you perceive in the pecking order mm-hmm. matters to your subconscious. Mm-hmm. In other words, right? When you start a new job, right? And you're, you're, you're the new man, you, you, you're the newbie, and you get hazed a little bit. I mean, most motherfuckers get hazed. I mean, of course. stop that shit now. But most motherfuckers get hazed a little bit, whatever, right? That cultivates a sense of belonging, right? In a way, right? You're getting treated like everybody else. Kind of, Part of the group, you know, Everybody's whatever. Everybody's been through this before you, so. You Everybody's know, been through this before. The camaraderie thing. But then, but then comes, so so that I would ar- honestly argue is normal, right? That's kind of like a bonding thing between the co-workers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then you take uh, somebody who came into a, another new hire, same company, right? And when they tried to bond, it didn't go so well, right? So the hazing, uh, he ratted them out or like he basically made himself, ostracized himself from the group, right? Mm-hmm. That would make him feel some type of way if he was being treated differently than the person who was hazed and who was accepted in the group. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, on, it's, it's his own actions that caused that though. It is his own actions that caused it, but that's still your status in the hierarchy. Your status in the hierarchy gets directly reflected back to you based on how others treat you. Does that make sense? So if you're top dog, uh-huh. right? If you if you the man, you walk into the place, people are greeting you. Hey, how you doing, DJ? Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Hey, like a month, like you feel some type of way because you belong. Right. But if you walk into that okay. joint and nobody says yeah. shit to you and they walking past you and nobody really acknowledges you, you're going to start to feel isolated. Right. But again, but that's but that's, but, that, that's, 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 that's inherent trait, though. You know what I'm saying? That's this just, I don't know. I don't know. Is there a correlation? So that's it, what he's saying. What but, he's basically saying is the way you're treated it socially, right? will reflect where you stand on the totem pole. which which is how i took it initially it was just you know what i'm saying like again because because he was saying that it's 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 an internal thing you know what i'm saying and i was like that that doesn't make any sense because hierarchy is well, a internal- social thing which to me denotes external because mm. he was saying like uh again the yes. ancient part of your brain that's internal uh, assesses assesses your, uh the dominance level 
You know what I'm saying? Yes. And it, yeah, and yeah. it assigns well, your 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 ranking. But your yeah, but because it's nobody's socially. gonna come out and say, well, yeah, but nobody's gonna come out and say, hey, you're tenth man on the totem pole. No, nobody's gonna come out and say it. You you know in the back of the head, in the back of your mind, where you stand. You when you think about it, and you think about places that you've worked or uh, fucking school, for example. Nerds know they nerds. <laughs> not only do they get told physically, or or no, I'm dead ass. Not only do they get told they might get hazed or bullied, right? You know where you stand when somebody externally asks you. When somebody outside of that school say, "So, so are you popular?" You know damn well you ain't go- in the back of your head. You're going hell, nah, I ain't popular. You know that internally. You know that. Even without people saying anything to you. So, so then, the, then it begs the question. I, I have another point on this. It's just you know, like it's just. Right. But like, it then it begs the question: which comes first, the chicken or the egg? On that one, is it because they treated you a certain way that you know inherently that you know you know what your ranking are, or do you manifest how they treat you? You know what I'm saying? Because your brain told you like you're the lowest of the low because of where you come from, blah, 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 blah. Well, blah. it depends. You know what I'm saying? It depends on the person. Again, this, this is, is, the, this so- is the chapter about standing up straight with your shoulders back. So is your posture telling them to treat you like this? Or are you is your are, are you are you is your is your posture is your posture reflective of how they're treating you? Which is first. You see what I'm saying? I would say it's a little bit of both, but I'd say it's more external than me. And that's what I thought. But I do so I do agree with you but I think on that point specifically about your subconscious knowing where you stand that is completely internal like you you know where you're at you got a pretty good idea you walk into a place you, you know especially if you've been there for a good little bit you you know where the fuck you stand subconsciously they don't even have to fucking tell you you know what I'm saying you'll see the way <laughs> other people interact with each other and the way they interact yeah, of with course. you of course but that's what i'm saying though like even body language right the way people approach you the way people talk to you uh, all that it's all encompassing because our subconscious processes are constantly running constantly even they're subconscious they're constantly running in the background so since they're background processes they're using as little energy as possible to announce themselves i mean it is which brings me to the next point um there was this there was thing i don't know i don't remember where i saw this but it, ever since i heard this quote i i don't even remember the name i don't even remember the story that i was watching when i heard it but it, this has always stuck with me it is through the eyes of others that we truly define ourselves some tv or movie quote i don't remember where i got it from right and when i tried to look up where what movie i got that from um i came across the name charles horton coolidge and basically what this is what he's denoting here is the looking glass self right and what that is is it is is, it's a process of an individual basing their sense of self on how they think others view them Mm. and and it occurs in three steps uh one a person imagines how they appear to others two they imagine others judgment of that appearance and then three they develop feelings and respond to those perceived judgments. Hmm. So I thought that that was I thought that that was really interesting to um, that he was alluding to, which was kind of strange that he didn't. Uh, maybe he he annotated it and I missed it, but I thought it was kind of strange that it, it was it was a theory. But I, I I understand where it can come where where he where he gathered that from. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like I, I think 
I think, um, yeah, I think that that has weight. I th- but I also think that um, it's slightly different from what Jordan was talking about because it's uh, a response to the perception, not evidence per se. At least if I'm understanding the whole concept right, right? Um, but I would think that how they act is the evidence to how you perceive things. So it's kind of the whole um, back and yes. forth. I think it's, it's more the, the real. I think it's more the real. There you go. That's okay. That's what I was driving at because I was like, I, there, there's it's there's more a, the reinforcement. How you perceive yourself in the group, right? Will well if they're actually like perceiving you that way, your reality will reflect. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's what I was trying to drive. <laughs> drive at. Okay. Cool. All music for this episode was provided by EpidemicSound.com. Our feature artist for today was Sarah the Illstrumentalist. That's Sarah the Illstrumentalist. You can find Sarah and more of her music on Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, Napster, and SoundCloud. Please support independent artists. Thank you.